Chronicles, the 11th chapter. And we're going to read verses 4 through 9 for our uh, opening text this evening. Hallelujah. First Chronicles chapter 11, verses 4 through 9. They're on the, it's on the screen there. You can follow along there if you would like. This is what it says, And David, with all Israel, went to Jerusalem, which is Jebus, where the Jebusites were, the inhabitants of the land. But the inhabitants of Jebus said to David, You shall not come in here. that just like the devil? You trying to seek the Lord, receive the Holy Ghost, to get, get a healing in your body, or praying for a particular need in your life, and the devil gets right on your shoulders and whispers in your ear, said, this ain't going to happen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, you know what? I've always been the type when somebody tells me I can't do something, I'm going to do it, praise God, then or bust. Hallelujah. Come on. And we ought to be twice as much that when it comes to the spiritual things. Hallelujah. Let's, let's continue reading. Uh, he said, you ain't going to come in here, David. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. That is the city of David. Now David said, whoever attacks the Jebusites first shall be chief and captain. And Joab, the son of Jeruiah, went up first and became chief. Then David dwelt in the stronghold, therefore he called it the city of David. And he built the city round it from Melo to surrounding area. Joab repaired the rest of the city. Verse 9, so David went on and became great, and the Lord of hosts was with him. Let's pray. Father God, as we come tonight, we thank you and we praise you for the service. Thank you, God, for the anointing power we have felt, God, today. Now, Lord, I'm asking, God, that you will speak to us through your word these next few moments, God, to give us direction, to encourage us, to uh, help us, God, to have more determination to give our life totally and fully to you in all things. And everything's accomplished. We'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Let the church say, Amen. Amen, amen. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Now, the story in this evening's text depicts the very early exploits of David as the newly crowned king of Israel. It tells us how Jerusalem came to be and what was the name of the city before David had took over and before its name was Jerusalem. The story tells us um, uh, it was Jebus, and the people who lived there was called Jebusites. But the point that I want to focus on tonight is verse 9, 1 Corinthians 11 and 9. Then David went on. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to go on. you got to go on. David went on and became great. And the Lord of hosts was with him. Now, this verse informs us that the conquest of Jabus, where David made his capital, was not the first and final victory. David was not a one-hit wonder. Come on, somebody. 
And by the way, that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. Don't become a one-hit wonder. David was not a one-hit wonder. He didn't conquer one city and got the stronghold and says, Okay, I'm going to sit back here now, sit on my throne. i got all these people serving me, and we're just going to have a great time. We're going to kick back and party. Now, when David conquered the city, he made Jerusalem the, uh, the capital. The Bible says he went on to be great. You see, David wasn't great at that time. If David had stopped right there, we wouldn't know half about him as what we know today. He wouldn't be preached about it half as much as what he has preached if he would have just stopped right then and there. Hallelujah. But David was not a one-hit wonder. He didn't fade away into obscurity, but, but he went on to become great. And that church is the focus that God wants me to share with somebody here tonight. Don't become a one-hit wonder. Come on, give the Lord a hand and have a praise. What in the world are you talking about, Brother Sammy? Well, I actually found out, I was surprised. I typed that in my computer, and I actually pulled up something. A one-hit wonder is a person or act known mainly for only one single success. That's what it says, the dictionary on online. The term is most often used to describe musical performers with only one hit single for having one signature song. I mean, they come out and they get a song that goes to the top, and for a little while everybody's humming their tune and dancing to it. But then, when it fades, so that they fade off into uh, obscurity. I did a little research, and there's a long list in every musical field of one-hit wonders. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you an example of one. Back, back in the 70s. Went crazy. There was a song came out, and it went to the top. But the very name of it should let you know it wasn't going to turn out to be a gold notey. It was a one-hit wonder. The name of the song was Disco Duck. Some of you remember Disco Duck? Mm-hmm. It was a one-hit wonder. His name was Bob Carlyle. He come out with a song that, that, that he won a double award for. Maybe it was a gospel music. He also, he also won uh, uh, that other award in the secular field. What is it? Uh, 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 what, uh, what award is that? I can't, my mind's gone blank on it now. Um, I can't think. But he won awards and, and he crossed over. And people were, they were playing it on gospel stations and they were playing it on secular stations. The name of the song was Butterfly Kisses. 
And even, and I mean, that song went out, and man, there, you know, uh, uh, even uh, I, I did, a, I, I overseed a couple uh, wedding ceremonies that the song was played in, in the wedding ceremonies. And um, I mean, and you know, everybody liked the song and uh, made you a little teary eyed and, and, all, and, and all those things. But it was a one hit wonder. He come out with a, two or three other songs, but they all bottom out. Didn't do no good. Today, people don't know his name. He was a one-hit wonder. Although the song at one time was pretty good, but it didn't, it didn't last. So a one-hit wonder is a person or act known mainly for one single success. Now, I said all of that. And where are you going to spend eternity? You can't afford to be a spiritual one-hit wonder. Come on, somebody. You can't come down here and, and feel the Holy Ghost goosebumps and do a little a Holy Ghost two-step and feel real good, maybe in talking tongues a little bit, maybe get baptized and, and, and do that. And then next thing you know, you look around and say, where's so-and-so at? Oh, they're, they're ungone. What happened to them? They became a one-hit wonder. And if they don't get a hold of their self and get back in that groove, they're going to be found themselves in eternity away from God. You can't afford to be a one-hit wonder. Let me tell you something, folks. We're going to get down to the nitty-gritty tonight. Is that all right? I want to talk, number one, your actions limit or expand your boundaries. Now, we're talking about your boundaries. How far you go. How much you grow. Now, we live in a day and age where everybody wants to blame everybody else for their problems. Hallelujah. Somebody don't make it in life. Somebody's got their head all screwed up. Well, they want to blame mom and daddy. They didn't raise them right. Hallelujah. Maybe it could. You didn't listen right. Come on. Hallelujah. Everybody is pulling their finger at everybody else because nobody wants to take responsibility today. Hallelujah. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. Amen. It's nobody else's fault but yours. When it comes to the kingdom of God, it's your own actions. You can either limit your growth, amen, or you can expand your growth. The Bible said that Jesus Christ is no respecter of person. It don't make no difference what side of the track you were born on. It don't make no difference what color your skin. It don't make no difference what language you talk. God loves everybody the same. And he offers everybody the same opportunity. Can somebody say amen? And if you get limited and you can only go so far in the kingdom of God, it's nobody else's fault but yours. I'm telling everybody in this house, you can go just as far with God as you want to go. Hallelujah. You might not be a preacher. You might not be called to preach. But your relationship, amen, could get closer to God than this preacher's if you're willing, amen, to take, amen, what God says in your life. Come on, somebody. It's your actions. 
Church people, it's your own actions. You feel limited. You feel like you haven't expanded much in your faith. You don't see much spiritual growth. You can't blame nobody but yourself. Oh, I know it's tight, but it's still right. Hallelujah. You see, when God designed the heart and mind of a man, He gave us all a free will. The freedom to choose. He could have made us be like robots and regulated every move we made. But He desired, He desired our actions and our work and our love to come from our hearts free to choose rather than programmed to do so. God wants you to love Him because it comes from you, not because it programs you to love Him. He wants you to love Him on your own. He don't want you to love Him because you're afraid of going to hell. He wants you to love Him because He's just your God. So although God has designed, and He has, Everybody in this room tonight, I want you to know something. You've got a specific purpose. If Jesus touches a heart that's broken and mended, it's going to have to be through your hands and your compassion and your love. Hallelujah. Your feet. Amen. It's the feet of Jesus today. Oh, somebody needs to hear me. Hallelujah. Amen. Your hands is the hands of Jesus today. Glory to God. So don't never pass somebody up who's down and out on the street, who's down on their luck, amen, and they're hurting, amen, do what Jesus would have done because that's how God blesses people today. He blesses some people through other people.
Amen. So, although God has designed a purpose and a destiny for each individual, amen, the fulfillment of that destiny is not governed by God, but by our own choices. Now, you follow me? I told you everybody here has got a purpose. God's got a purpose for everybody. He's got a destiny plan for everybody. Every one of us. But that destiny is not governed by God. That destiny, whether or not you expand and you get that thing fulfilled and you fulfill that purpose, 
It's going to be up to the choices that you make, the decisions you make, and the vision you have for God. You make the wrong choices, you make the wrong decision, and you fail to live this life without a vision for your own personal life, you're going to flop and be a failure, and you ain't going to never do nothing worthwhile for the kingdom of God. Bless the quietness. But I know I'm preaching truth tonight. I don't have to ask nobody. I know I am. In order, in other words, only you can limit or expand the boundaries of your success in life. Now, there's a group of scriptures that really show what this preacher's saying is truth tonight. It's found in 2 Kings chapter 13, verses 14 through 19. Let's, let me read that. Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it. And Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. And he said, The hour of the Lord's deliverance and the hour of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians at Ampek till you have destroyed them. Now I want you to notice the, the prophecy. This prophecy was the destiny that he was to... This king was to perform. This prophecy was his purpose. He says, you are going to strike the Syrians until you have destroyed them. A lot of people run around all the time saying, I don't know what God's will for my life is. When God's already told us time and time again, we're just not listening. Come on. Hallelujah. We're not listening. Then he said, Elisha told me, he said, take the arrows. And he took them and he said to the king, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. Everybody follow me? He had those arrows in his hands. The prophet said, you strike the ground with those arrows. He's, he hit them. One, two, three. Kind of like apostolic people today when it comes time to pray. We pray a couple of minutes asking God for healing. We don't feel nothing. We give up. We go home. Hello, somebody. We done got used to the fast-paced, drive-through world. Hallelujah. Lord God, we'd probably have a whole lot more people come to church if we was to knock knock that wind out right there and put a, put a put a drive through wind in it right there.
glory to God. This microwave society has got a lot of us messed up. This church, this church used to never get out of church on Sunday nights at 10 o'clock. And everybody had to get up and go to work back then just like they get up and go to work right now. Kids had to go to school back then just like they get to do right now. But we can't, we, we can't sit in God's house, amen, over a certain length of time. But, man, we can go out there and climb up before sunrise and freeze our backsides off in a deer stand. Or we can go down here, amen, to our favorite football team. Hallelujah. Let me talk about Vandy while they did something good for change. Hallelujah. We can go down there and watch, watch them on them old hard seats all day afternoon long. Come on. But man, when it comes time to invest some time in the kingdom of God, isn't it amazing how things change? Elisha said, I want you to take those arrows and I want you to strike them on the ground. So he took them and he struck them three times. And the man of God was angry. Why? Why do you think Elisha got angry? Glory to God, I need to mark that right there. Glory to God, next time I get upset, I've I got a scripture I can back this up. Hallelujah. The man of God got angry. And said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will only strike Syria three times. And if you study history from that day forward, amen, Syria was a thorn in Israel's side. Isn't that right, Brother Bobby? And if you go back and look, yeah, exactly, still. God already told him. He... God, it was his purpose. <clears throat> it was his destiny to be the vehicle God was going to use to destroy that heathen nation so they wouldn't bother his people no more. It was his destiny. It's what he was put on earth to do. Just like what I'm telling you tonight. Everybody in here's got a destiny. You've got a purpose. But it's not God. It's not the devil. It's not nobody else but you if you don't see it fulfilled. It was his actions that caused him to live the rest of his time and never fulfilled the destiny that God had prophesied he wanted him to do. Can I get an amen there? Now, let me talk one more thing before I close. There's another thing that we've got to do if we don't want to be a one-hit wonder. Just get one little thing done, one little blessing, and, and then we fade off in obscurity and nobody knows us no more. Not even the devil. I te- hey, let me tell you something. I want the devil to know my name. Hallelujah. He called on my Hallelujah. 
I want, I want, I want him to be so upset with me that when my alarm clock goes off in the morning at four o'clock and I get up there and I put my feet on the side of the bed, I want all hell says, Oh no, he's awake again. Oh, somebody better hear. I don't want to be one of those people running around. Oh, help me. The devil's been on my back. The devil's on me. Lord, God, I ain't gonna, I don't, I'm gonna be on his back. I'm gonna be on his trail. I too many people dying and going to hell. I see people with messed up lives. People dying with cancer. Lord and God, hallelujah. I want the devil to know my name. Hallelujah. You don't think the devil don't know your name when you're messing up his kingdom? There were seven sons who were sons by a man named Siva. And they heard about what the Apostle Paul was doing, how he was doing all kind of miracles and wonders and casting devils out of people. They said, well, we can do this. Paul do that. We can do this. So they went over to that fella. Those seven brothers did, and they said, oh, we're going to do an exorcism now. We're going to cast the devil out of this guy. And they began to say, oh, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus Christ, whom Paul preaches, we adjure thee to come out. <laughs> hey, don't laugh, Rick, hallelujah. You know what I'm fixing to say, hallelujah. Do you know that evil spirit spoke out? He spoke to those seven guys. He says, Jesus we know, and Paul we know, but who are you? And my, 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 my. And he jumped on all seven of them guys, and the Bible said they ran out stripped naked and wounded. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I've done battle with the devil before. He don't scare me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He don't scare me a bit, glory to God, because I know that greater is He that's within me than He that's in the world. But if you want to be able to accomplish, and you, you don't want to be a one-hit wonder, you got to develop a... you got to develop... A disciplined lifestyle. There's a whole lot of people got some great talent that could be used by God in a tremendous way. Some of them's got beautiful voices. Some of them can make me ashamed of myself playing a keyboard. But God can't use them. Because they're not willing to discipline their lives. They're not willing. Now, this last part of the message, we're going to get right. The lack of discipline has destroyed more potential in people's lives than any other factor, including the devil. Everybody in here has got potential for God. Everybody does. 
but because of some people's lack of discipline in their life, that lack of discipline will destroy every ounce of potential that God has put in them. Now, I don't know who it is, but I'm talking to somebody here tonight. I'm talking to somebody. I can feel it in my spirit. Let's get real for just a minute, church. Too many people have a lifestyle so laid back and haphazard that God says He wants to use them, but He can't count on them to be prepared and ready to be to go at any given time. Hallelujah. God wants to use some people, but He can't trust them. They're not available to be used. They're not prepared ahead of time. We got too many people just laid back, amen, and haphazard, amen, with whatever they do, amen, and they don't take it serious. They don't strive to be excellent at what God wants to use them for. How do they just, well, well, I get up here and out of me. There's no excuse. There's no excuse for any Sunday school teacher to walk in any Sunday school class on any Sunday and not be prepared. There's no sense in any worship leader getting up before people and lead people in worship if they hadn't been on their knees before God before they get up here. We got too many people with that same old attitude. Well, bless God. I just, I'm on the spur of the moment. I let God put up. Let me tell you something, folks. You might work that way, but God don't work that way. Hallelujah. Yeah, I've seen a lot of preachers with that attitude. Oh, God will fill my mouth. Yeah, most of the time it's filled with hot air. It's the only thing it's filled with. about this folks and I hope you've known me long enough to know if I can't get up here and give you my best through Jesus Christ if I can't yield myself 100% if I can't prepare myself ahead of time through prayer and the study hallelujah I don't need to get up here in front of you amen because it's not going to do you no good Just don't say, well, I think I'll put my power on him and let, I'll use him to let the Holy Ghost go through him today. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. It's whether or not you have consecrated yourself and dedicated yourself to whether God will use you to the fullness or not. Too many people 
I don't understand it. It just, it's always been beyond me. Hallelujah. God gave me his best. And if he gave me his best, I, he deserves the same from me. He deserves the best from me. Hallelujah. And I'm not talking through pride and through arrogance. And I'm not, what I'm saying, I'm not saying I'm the best preacher. I know by no means I'm not. There's a lot. Amen. I look at us, oh man, let me get that level, God. Let me reach that level, Lord. Hallelujah. I do know one thing. Sammy Pruitt either limits or expands his own boundaries. I went to a church one night. The guy was supposed to be preaching. And, uh, man, it was it was dead as a doornail. He, he just couldn't get a hold of nothing for some reason. And after it was over with, he felt the need to try to make some kind of excuses. And the excuses was it going to be something else. He said, well... He says, the Lord couldn't move the night because the microphone was shortened out. Hallelujah. The microphone don't have nothing to do with what God can do in, his, in the midst. Do you hear what I'm saying? That don't affect the anointing of God. It just don't do it. Too many people are not disciplined in their personal lives. Here's here's what it boils down to. There are some people that simply can't get their self in shape spiritually and be disciplined in their relationship with God, disciplined where they pray regularly, disciplined where they seek God regularly, disciplined where they, that whatever it is that they do in the kingdom of God, that they take some time to hone it and to work at it and to make it better. Not wait till they get here to do it. I like those people really they they can't they can't make it outside of a military atmosphere. Now when you're in the military, you're gonna walk ship shape. Those shoes are gonna be shined just right. Britches are going to be, have the right kind of crease in them. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. If you try to do something haphazard and, and don't put everything into it, hallelujah. You're going, to, you're going to have a sergeant or somebody right on barking barking right at you. And sadly, some people in the church need to have that same type of atmosphere in their spiritual life because you should already... Hallelujah. You should, you should already discipline your own self. Because, listen, you, you are in the military, whether or not you realize it or not. You are a member of the army of the Lord. Apostle Paul said we have got to conduct ourselves as good soldiers. Hallelujah. A good soldier is going to be a disciplined soldier. Amen. Let me give you one more scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. 
Listen to what Paul said. But I discipline my body and bring it under subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Think about that. Hallelujah. You're liable to become a one-hit wonder if you do not strive to discipline your life with God. Hallelujah. We sit around and we talk about what we need to do. When are we going to stop talking about it and start doing it? Hallelujah. Amen. We talk about it all the time. Well, I know this, 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 and this. Well, that's great. That's great. But when are we going to start doing something about it? Hallelujah. I'm going to, I'm going to close it right here with that. I'm going to ask Brother Darrell and the musicians to come up. We're going to do a song. Course. If there's anybody that needs to come for prayer, we want to give you an opportunity. Before we do the baptizing. Hallelujah. Don't play with your salvation. Don't gamble with your soul. Your soul is the most precious thing that you got. Don't turn into a one-hit wonder. Make up your mind and tell the devil, Devil, I'm in it to win it. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm in it to win it. If you're not in it to win it, why are you in it? Amen? Let's all stand together. While they sing, if you need prayer, we'll pray with you. Hallelujah.